0: You're listening to the Whenever It Kicks podcast with me, Jessie K. On this episode, episode 14, I talk about post-viral fatigue and accepting defeat physically. And I also talk a little bit about superstition when buying stuff for your newborn. Thank you for listening. Right, 10 is asleep in Margot's bed. And... He refuses to sleep anywhere else in the daytime actually and to be honest we haven't had a routine in quite a number of weeks now so as long as he sleeps wherever he sleeps it's okay um i've taken my gum out and i turned the white noise machine off which was on lullaby mode and it really is effective the gum and the, the lullaby mode i do recommend it he also has a dummy in with a little turtle on And I tried to put him to sleep without falling asleep with a bottle in his mouth for the first time in a while as well. And that worked. He's hit and miss with dummies. Somebody messaged me asking if I would do an episode about dummies. I don't really have that much to say about dummies other than that I approve of them. And I like them a lot. And Margot was very, very much a dummy girl. Donnie didn't like dummies. Dummies. Although I have so many photos of him with a dummy in, even when he was like three. I think he had stolen Margot's, And Ten seems to like them. But I think that has something to do with the neonatal unit because they very quickly put a dummy in their mouth because obviously they need something to um, soothe them when the mother's not there because they're on their own really most of the time. Not on their own, obviously, but they, they don't have a, a boob or, or a bottle, indeed, a lot of the time. So they just need something in their mouth. I don't even know if that's right. I just remember them having lots of really weird-shaped dummies in the neonatal unit. Sorry if I'm quite audibly out of breath. As some of you will know, I have not been very well. Um, embarrassingly, it was picked up by The Guardian. Apparently, I have long COVID and I'm in hospital. Obviously, that's not true because I'm doing a podcast. But I did go to hospital, and I might have to go back. And it's just it's an it's been a nightmare. I'm really gonna just let it all out here. It's been a bit of a nightmare the last few weeks. Actually, the last two months. There's been some really good stuff. Mm, you know, being a mother is great. There's good stuff every day. But physically, I have declined, and I'm not really somebody who likes to admit that so I've always been really fit and I like going to the gym and I'm not saying I'm Pamela Reef. I don't know if any of you know who Pamela Reef is but I have mentioned her a few times on the podcast um but I definitely like running and feeling active and fit and you know so it's 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 annoying when I can't really and I also do a lot in the day usually I'm used to running around after all three of them and going to school pickup and coming I mean, back from school pickup and doing a million things in the day and working. And I don't know, I guess I'm a high achiever, but also I don't achieve that much. So it's not great combo. <laughs> I basically have had to accept defeat to my body and come to the conclusion that work is going to have to uh have a little pause for a bit. I think the only thing I'm going to continue is this podcast because I can do it on my own. I can do it at home. And hopefully when the new baby's here, I can do it with him breastfeeding. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just got to manage my expectations really about my career. And I just feel a bit contradictory. I know that I'm very much um, somebody who has tried to make it pave way for women out there to feel like they can achieve both working and being a mother hopefully I've given off that impression that it's um achievable and you don't have to choose one or the other but I, I guess right now I've had to um yeah I've had to give in to the idea that the only job I can do right now is motherhood and I want to do it well so if I'm only able to do one job that's a good job to be able to do but um, all of the other jobs are not as important as that in my opinion for me right now so yeah I've basically been trying too hard to keep afloat with my work stuff and also the mother stuff and you just you just can't do it all and, you know, there's so many people saying, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's women can do it all. We should, we should make sure that they can conquer their dreams and have the best relationship and have the best job and be the best mother and have the best body and, you know, all of this stuff. You, can, you basically can't, you have to pick, you have to pick one or two, I think, and try and do those two well. So right now I have chosen to be at home and to give in fully. Um, And also I have to put it into perspective, I'm incredibly lucky I have a freelance creative job, I'm never never really away every day when I am working, so I I am very lucky to be able to be at home as much as I am anyway, so yeah, I guess the only worry is financial stuff, which uh, I don't have to get into here, but there are some people chasing me down. Um <laughs> no I hope they're not anyway. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'm gonna go insane when I fully say okay, I'm just gonna be a mum for a bit and I'm not gonna do any work and I'm just gonna just gonna lean into the hashtag mummy life and you know maybe I'll start using that hashtag. maybe I'll start talking about the things that other mothers do at um, these clubs. Which I've never really understood when they talk about these things. It's, it's not that I don't. Oh gosh, this sounds very judgmental. I was at a um a thing this morning with Ten and my friend and her toddler, and I overheard some women talking about. Oh my god! I just it was it was almost like every cliche you can imagine of what you expect to hear at a mother's type club, baby club, and I I thought they were joking. Kind of looked over to check that they were actually being sincere when they were talking about these things. Like, oh my god, it was. I, I I mean, to me, this is cliche, but like stuff like about mortgages and stuff about nursery hours and formula and nappy training. It was like they were going through a list of everything that you could possibly talk about in the realm of motherhood and girlfriendhood and wifehood, and just just getting through them. And I just. I, if somebody talked to me about this stuff, I would have nothing to say, like, and that's not, I'm not trying to say that um, it's wrong of them to talk about this stuff, because obviously it's life stuff, but it is something that I have never, ever got on board with at these kind of clubs. I, you know, I try and immediately approach somebody at at one of these things that is not going to talk about those kind of things, is going to talk about how you're actually feeling today or something honest about their their shit morning or their their feelings of frustration about this or that like just something a bit more direct and human I guess rather than the things that we should talk about now that we have a child and we're at a club and I don't know I have always really struggled with that since having Donnie and at the beginning I thought oh it's because I'm younger than these other mums and um, I have a different job to these other mums but I live in you know I live in a, a, an area where everyone has a kind of weird job and still it comes down to these discussions so I'm always like what's going on can't we talk about the Kardashians or can't we talk about you know something horrendous like you know can't we talk about the war can't we talk about news night last night or can we talk about like something that's like harrowing? like I know that there's babies here and there's toddlers here but like can't we just be real for a second and talk about how scary it is to be a mother right now? Can't we talk about how how like some babies are just naughty and bad and don't sleep? And we don't have to pretend that some babies are just doing it their own way. No, let's just be honest. Some babies are difficult babies. And let's laugh about that. Rather than just, oh, they'll they'll just find their own way. No, I'm sure they'll... No, no, no. This baby is difficult, okay? <laughs> There's just be frank, this baby is difficult. I don't mean my baby, I just, you know, I'm pretending there's a baby that's difficult. Yeah, 10 is a little bit difficult, but he's also amazing, so I don't mind that he's so difficult. As I watch him sleep right now with his dummy in his mouth, with Margot's seahorse right next to him, and a little dog, beanie baby dog, that I think was ours when we were growing up, I do feel so emotional about the idea that he's um, not going to be the youngest for much longer. I mean, obviously hoping everything goes well. I know I keep saying that. Sorry. I wish I could be one of these people who's like, when the baby comes in a few weeks, but I just can't. I have to still like counterbalance that by being like, when hopefully the baby comes in a couple of weeks and everything is okay, hopefully, um, because you can't take anything for granted and you can't assume that it's all going to be plain sailing and I, I, I can't imagine really what it would be like to be one of these people that just goes full throttle into hope and assuming things are going to be okay i can't imagine what that must be like it must be amazing what a what a life but yeah as i'm looking at him right now i do feel i'm trying to just suck up these moments of watching him and also just suck up these moments of being able to focus entirely on him and not another baby and also i'm really aware of my boobs sorry if this sounds like a massive direction change but um yeah I'm just suddenly like oh I'm not gonna be me for a bit I'm gonna be a a feeder for a bit if I breastfeed obviously um if I'm lucky enough to breastfeed but I'm gonna be on a I'm, I'm gonna have a constant timer going in my head of when I should be feeding the baby next and if I should be pumping and Are my boobs okay? Are they going to get, am I going to get mastitis? I just remember those first few months of just being a, just like a constant timer in my ear. Um, And I made that worse, I think, with 10, because I was so adamant that I was going to breastfeed, even though he was clearly vomiting too much for me to keep that up. But I was so adamant that I should breastfeed. And I'd read that book that the baby should have a three-hourly routine from day eight. And you should get them into a system of, you should get them into a system of, um, sorry, hold on there. Hold on there for one second. Just hold on there. Just something's just, I'm just going to check something. Stay there. Don't go away.
1: That was the chair.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. I was just checking that, um the blanket wasn't hurting him. He's got Margot's Frozen blanket on him right now, which is very sweet. Cost £50. Too much. Too much for a blanket. But we did go to Frozen the musical for the second time and she wanted, she suddenly desperately needed this blanket. So I thought, well, okay, it's been a bit of a shit half term. Here's a blanket. Wow. I'm out of breath. In a minute, I'm going to get to the sickness stuff, but um, yeah, the timer thing in your ear when you when you have a newborn, I'm not entirely looking forward to, and you just forget about it. You just forget that you're on this kind of constant three-hourly routine. Obviously, you don't have to be on a three-hourly one, but I remember because that was so in my head with 10, I should be feeding him every three hours, and then I should be playing with him, and then I should be putting him down for a sleep, and then I should be waking him up, and then I should be, um, I'm going to try and be a bit freer this time, I think given that it might be my last child, baby. I um, think I'm going to try and just let it be and see what happens. Uh, that was the great thing about Margot. She was just such a feeder, a good natural feeder on demand that I never really thought about routines or anything. The downside of that is that she didn't really sleep in the day. She didn't have a long nap ever in the day, which was stupid. But, you know, if we broken up, I was living on my own. It was a bit of a different time. It was... I, I was busy. I didn't really notice that she wasn't sleeping in the day and I didn't mind that I breastfed her throughout the night because I went to bed with her at nine. So, you know, it was different. Right, I'm gonna start talking about something else now because I mean somebody also messaged me to ask me to talk about weaning and food. And I'm again, I'm not the one to ask because his lunch today was one quarter of a pan which isn't a which isn't a nutrient dense lunch, I can I can admit that. But um, he ate a quarter of it, which I thought was a, a success. I've also taken and this is a very bad little habit, but I've also um, started giving him when he's crying, when he's just being a bit um, needy, and I can't I can't quite comfort him, or I I have to do something, or like, or even if I just want to, to be honest, I give him a little. Tiny teaspoon of Nutella. (laughs) Wow, it really works. I really recommend that. Not the healthiest thing. And when Alfie came back from tour and he saw that I was giving him a teaspoon of Nutella, he did look slightly shocked. But um, my choice and it's 10 needs more calories. So this is an easy way to do it. I have to stop having a teaspoon alongside him. But the doctor did say to me, eat whatever you want. Even if, even if it's not nutrient dense, eat whatever you want to make you feel better. So I'm just following doctor's advice. And I've, this has never happened in my entire 34 years, but for the first time in my life, I have had a reduced appetite due to sickness. I've always wanted this. (laughs) I've always wanted to be one of those people that says, oh, I just can't eat right now. I just, yeah, I just don't feel like eating. Oh amazing I've always been so envious because even when I've been extremely sick I've always been able to have quite a lot of food I have a very um apparently a very big stomach like the capacity of the stomach because as a vegan you have to eat quite a lot of vegetables to feel full so from and I've always eaten a load of vegetables since I was really young it's like vegetables. Um, so <laughs> my stomach, I think, stretched quite early on, so I can eat a lot of food in one sitting. It's quite um alarming to to some men. Not Alfie. Alfie seems to like it. I think Alfie has the potential to be a feeder when he's a older man. And I might be the feedy We quite often, um occasionally, not quite often, very rarely, order a pizza. And um we found this place nearby that does these pizzas that is, they basically, it's the size of a car wheel, They're like a, a proper, it's huge. And I've had to pretend, oh, I can't eat it all, but I know I can. And I think uh, just before this baby comes, I'm going to have one of these pizzas again, and I'm going to eat the whole thing as if it's like nothing. And I just want to see his face. <laughs> anyway, back onto the pregnancy topic. Oh my gosh. So I think I am going to be induced. So I thought I wasn't again because the baby seems to be growing. I have a scan again in a couple of days and that will be the final decider. And I think whatever happens, I'm going to go for it and get induced. I've been reading so much about it. I didn't realize that induction is definitely like, like there's no doubt that it's more painful then um a natural birth tell me if you disagree but i've only had three inductions so i only know the pain of in- induction and i'm willing to do that again well two proper ones because donnie had i had to have the epidural so i don't that was a that was a in retrospect actually um I, I'm I'm really lucky in a way that I was an epidural first time because if I had realized the pain first time might not have done it so many times so the second time pain horrific with Margot but two and a half hours done ten forty five minutes from literally the first contraction to him coming out I I th- I thought I was gonna die each time, but that this time I actually ge- I genuinely thought I, I that was it. I was broken and half dead. Um, I didn't die, and obviously I'm I'm not dead. But uh, yeah, I am pr- completely prepared for that pain again, and I could risk it and keep going for as long as possible with the pregnancy. Um, I don't think I'll be allowed to be honest. But say if I did. And to, just to see if I can secure like a natural birth, maybe in the birth center with a water pool, bath, a bath, water pool. What are they called? I've been reading about water births actually, and there's some really gross statistics about them. So I'm not going to scare you, but I'm not, I don't like germs. So <laughs> I don't think I could do a water birth because the risks involve of like it not being cleaned properly or like you accidentally shitting in the pool or like, you know, there's just so many things that could just, I just don't want that. I don't want to just risk that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go for the induction again. I've got a really nice midwife that I've been lucky enough to see every time, which is very, I mean, I know that that's a normal thing to happen when you're pregnant in normal times, but in COVID times, that is a real um, gift to see the same person a number of times. So I'm very lucky. And she seems to be on my wavelength about induction and that it's probably necessary for me given that I've been so sick for so many weeks. And it's it's just, it seems like having a date in my head makes me feel a little bit better. And also I know, I'm not stupid. Like I know that it's going to be difficult when the baby comes out. And it's going to be really difficult because I'm going to have four children and I'm not going to be sleeping. and that's going to be difficult, but the the problem is, I have already dealt with no sleep for many many weeks. I'm in that I'm in the throes of no sleep already because I've been sick, and and just because he is a maybe a very intuitive intuitive baby, ten has decided to become a newborn again with his uh, habits. So he has started. Um, and I know that I it sounds awful after my Nutella admission, but he doesn't eat that much, basically in the day. he He nibbles at things. And I try to be really healthy with him. I try to give him food regular intervals. You know, he does eat a lot of baby crisps, you know, the the healthy ones. Um, but he he doesn't really eat big meals. So he does rely on these bottles still, of this infant formula, which is um very broken down milk for babies who vomited. Actually, I didn't realize he's still having the the number one one for some reason. Anyway, so from about 7 p.m. when we try and get him to sleep to the morning, which is, you know, can be any time. He has about four bottles, which is stupid. It's just so many bottles and it's just so much milk. And I don't know how to stop it. And the problem is when you're sleep deprived and you think, okay, he can't have another bottle at 3 a.m., He's already had one bottle at 1am, like that's too much, like let me just, he'll calm down in a second, that doesn't work with this baby because he is very stubborn and clever and so he starts grabbing my neck and pulling me up and saying up, up, up and basically points downstairs for me to go and get another bottle. And obviously, when I was in the throes of being really sick, I, that was just the idea of going all the way downstairs to make a bottle and come back upstairs. It was just so I started bringing up two when I went to bed, just on the off chance that he would need to. And very quickly, he he downed two and then would want a third, and it was, it's just become a vicious cycle now. So I don't know how to get out of that. And my plan was to get him sorted before this baby came. My plan wasn't to get coronavirus and then norovirus and then anemia and. To be having this thing called post-viral fatigue, which I'm definitely having right now. So um, I've just got to accept, okay, he's he needs that milk, he wants that milk. I can sort him out later. It's fine. And I do try really hard to feed him as much food in the day rather than bottles. Still have to stop giving him that bottle to get him to sleep in the middle of the day. But again, I need that time in the day for me. So you have to just weigh up what's actually important right now. Is it the fact that the baby sleeps or that you are doing the right thing by not giving the baby a bottle to get to sleep? Like, what would you prefer? And I'm, yeah, I'm just not really willing to sit there screaming, with him screaming for hours in the middle of the night and not sleeping. And I did try that for a bit, but then it just became so awful for me physically. Like, I was just then sick and then having had no sleep and it was just almost impossible to function and then work in the day. And so that's where I've come to with this decision to, you know, have a break, which is the first thing I've time I've ever actually said out loud. I'm I'm actually having two months off, like two whole months where I'm just gonna stay at home and and not worry about working so much. And um so hopefully in the next two months I do get I get us all sorted um my mom my mom has been so amazing in this period of time so the last two weeks where I've been particularly bad she's come over every morning at six got the kids up so I can sleep in taken the kids to school given 10 breakfast then brought the 10 back to me so I can be with him like what would I do without I just don't know what I would do without her she's just been absolutely amazing so um thank god really I don't know I think I would have had some kind of huge breakdown if she wasn't um so involved Alfie would obviously help too but he's been on tour but he's finished his tour now which is exciting so he's going to be around and uh yeah we're getting ready for the baby I'm too superstitious though I'm too superstitious to build a cot or anything like that my mum keeps saying should I bring over the cot the like newborn cot thing and I'm like "No, no no just wait wait a little bit wait a little bit I think she's going to be making the cot, or He's going to be making the cot, like, as I'm in labour, maybe. Um, like, have you packed your hospital bag? Have you, what, what, have you got your hospital bag ready? Well, no, because I'm superstitious, so no, I'm not going to do that. But maybe this time I will. It's the same hospital bag I had for Donnie, which my mum got me, and she only, I didn't choose it. It's grey. I think it's from that brand Skip Hop, which does quite good nappy bags. And um, it's, 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 it's t- uh, stood up it stood up it hasn't obviously literally stood up but it's um it's held up what is what I mean it's not doesn't look like it's eight years old and um it was so sweet because I was so superstitious before Donnie came I was kind of so not believing I was about to have a child which is completely understandable given I had one extant stand I was suddenly pregnant and this was my life and um she made me go to John Lewis with her and she Like basically marched me around and was like, okay, I know you don't want to get anything because you're scared, but you do need these. You do need these. You do need this bag. And bought it for me and made me get it. And Chris was like, this is the bare minimum of what you need. And when the baby comes, you can get more stuff, but this is what you need. And you have to accept that you need it. Um, And it was probably the most, I don't know, it was just the most amazing moment from me as her daughter and I felt like it was that she was passing on the baton in a way it was like it was such a lovely thing for her to do so yeah that's where I'm at I think I I'm very out of breath which is quite worrying but um my other symptoms are bitchiness um (laughs) my other symptoms are Oh god, I'm still really nauseous. I've refused to go on that drug they gave me because so many people messaged me, being like, "Do not go on cyclozine or whatever it's called. Go on an anandro for some something another one with beginning with A, which is more expensive and they don't give it to you initially." And I, I just don't want to go on it. I like, I'm so nauseous, but I also just don't want to take any more drugs because my body is like, I just don't think it's good at taking drugs. So I'm trying to just. I know I could. But I'm just like, I'm almost at the end. I'm just not going to do it. They gave me iron for my anemia. I'm not actually officially anemic, but all of my stats are like, just like 0.1 over where you are. And I'm like, okay, I definitely am then, okay? Um, And the iron I started taking. But then so many people said to me, don't take that. Just don't take that it's really bad for your stomach and stuff and i i, I already ha- was realizing it was not ideal on my stomach so i stopped taking that and i was given this list of things to take by an amazing midwife who was friends with my mom so the list had and this is a from the list was passed on fr- from a doctor who specializes in pregnant women who've had covid which is obviously a really new phenomenon like covid is really new um, there haven't been that you know a huge amount of studies on it and how it affects pregnant women. But this doctor is trying to specialise in this area now, and she's dealt with a lot of women who've had really bad, bad, bad cases of COVID whilst pregnant. And this is what she prescribes them. So she prescribes them choline, which I don't know what that is actually. It sounds like chlorine, but it's not. Beetroot, and I have always said to Alfie. Beetroot makes your skin glow, and he's always laughed, and I've, I'm adamant it makes your skin glow. Anyway, so I'm eating lots of beetroot. And collagen, which isn't ideal for a vegan, but fuck it, um, mixed with vitamin C and zinc, and that's apparently to help the baby more than you when you're so low, low your immune system is so run down after being sick. And what's the other one? Oh, biocult, which is the the gut thing for your... To make because obviously after norovirus my whole body was like what has just happened, and the other thing is about anemia. I think when you have two pregnancies close together, you're much more likely to get it. Get it. So I think that's just what's happened. And but the the weird thing is I've never been. I mean, obviously being vegan, you're more likely to be anemic too. But I eat so much, like so much um of the things you're meant to eat, like you know the dark green vegetables and nuts, and so I just. It's I, it's just something that's I just never really thought it was a problem, um, but yeah, I'm trying everything. And yeah, that's basically it. I'm hoping that everybody is really well. And I'm sorry if I've sounded really out of breath during this podcast. I think the main issue is my fatigue. Like I just I hate being so weak. I, I every time I go up the stairs, I have to have a pause, and I just. I really hope that when the baby comes, I I miraculously improve and get better. But I'm trying to be realistic about everything and take each day as it comes. And um, yeah, it was International Women's Day this week. um, And it was quite funny on that day. (laughs) In the morning, I noticed that Margot had emptied my entire bottle of a new bottle of um, Fresh, like the zero pH one, don't worry, I'm not crazy. Um, she'd emptied that whole bottle to make bubbles. And I thought that was quite funny. And I got an email from school that morning saying, if any child has brought any jewelry home, please contact the head teacher immediately. And then I remembered that Margot and Donnie had been playing with a really nice ring a few days before. So I said to her when she got her home from school, I was like, where did you get that ring? Where is that ring? And she she looked incredibly guilty. I I said, where is that ring? She said, "I, I don't have it anymore. I said, well, what happened to it? Where did you get it? Two days of investigation followed. I did not get one straight answer out of her. She had 10 different stories. It turns out some girl brought the ring in who gave it to a boy who gave it to Margot. Margot then enjoyed having this ring a bit too much. Bought it home, showed it to Donnie, had a couple of days with the ring. The teacher noticed that there was a ring going around school and started to ask questions. Margot secretly told a friend, I have the ring. The friend, little telltale, goes up to the teacher and says, Margot has the ring. <laughs> Margot then gets told off in front of everybody. and. Realizes basically everybody is looking at her, and then quite enjoys that. And so, rather than telling the truth, which is that it's not actually her fault, it's not her ring; she didn't bring it to school. She should have done that, but she what, she liked the attention a bit too much. And I said, because I only realized this when in bed, she she suddenly out of nowhere said, "What if I pretended that it was my fault?" And I said, "Well, you you probably might have done that because you enjoyed the attention." And she said, what What does attention mean? And I said, well, no, just what, like, when people are looking at you and stuff. And she was like, well, I did like the crowding. <laughs> so she had a crowd round her thinking that she was the ring stealer, the ring thief. I think it's the teacher's ring. So, sorry, teacher. I hope you got that ring back. I'm sorry about my uh, little thief daughter. She's very good at taking things, but she also enjoys the attention so you can't it, it's just you know can't blame her for that everyone likes a bit of attention um i hope that everybody's really well and i'm going to continue this podcast no matter what even if i'm out of breath for as long as i can and i hope that um if you are pregnant or you're about to give birth you're well i will just put my two pence in about getting vaccinated Um, I know that everyone doesn't give a shit about COVID anymore Well, that's not true A lot of people care But it seems to not be, um, you know, the forefront of people's minds right now, understandably But given that I have been so sick I do think it's really important that uh, people remember that it's not as simple as just a cold It can go on for a long time And thank God I was vaccinated because I think I would be in a different situation right now if I hadn't have been vaccinated. Um, And I'm really grateful that I was. got a lot of comments under the post I did when I was in hospital being like, "Um, how's that vaccination working out for you? And I just wanted to say, well, fuck off. But I didn't I let other people do that for me. Thank you if you're one of those lovely people who are defending me. I think, unfortunately, I had the booster just just before I got it. So that might be a reason why it's hit me so badly. We don't know. We just don't know, do we? Anyway, I really hope that you stay well and you're trying to stay positive in this horrible time. And, yeah, I'm, I'm sending love to everybody. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.